Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is a Mr. Mechanic Show. Uh, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early because the last half of the show fills up and we just don't get to anybody sometimes. So we don't we don't want that to happen. So Don't get left out. Don't get left out. Absolutely. This is an interactive call-in show. Live. We're live. We're always live, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, you have the, the questions and we'll give you the answers and uh, top one or two or three and help you get towards that car and get it fixed get it diagnosed anyway and get it fixed I, everything's a diagnosis anymore to kind of figure out what specifically you got to go to because one rattle shake or misfire could be five different things oh god got to narrow it down so we were Buchanan service centers at 50th and dodge 80th and dodge and guaranteed breaks 49th avenue and dodge so we're on dodge come see us we'll get your car fixed up for you we've had two weeks of football prior so we got a lot of pent-up repairs, don't you think? Well, I mean, that's not really how I take out my football aggression. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody's different. I'm not here to tell anybody how to be. But, you know, yeah. I mean. I guess I meant they put it off. Yeah. They had to go watch the game, so therefore they put off doing that. Yeah, and until the game goes it, bad, the beer goes good, and the car have, doesn't get fixed. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you don't really want to get into car repair and to, to, to break something after, you know, what goes on. So, yeah, beautiful day. So it would be great to be a the, the driveway warrior, get that car fixed, do what you need to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, today's the day. Not many of these left. No, there's not. There's not many of these yeah. left. But before you have to get out your coat and, and uh, bundle up and then go out and fix it and then go back in and get warmed up and then come back out and fix it. Yeah, and get a look under that car here because if you don't see it now, trust me, when you're parked on the snow, you'll definitely see it then. Something's <laughs> leaking. Something needs leaking. to be fixed needs to get done now. Something's always leaking, you know, and maybe what are we going to have when we have electric cars? Nothing's going to be leaking. Well, there's, there's got to be, be some fluid in there somewhere. There is. There's brake fluid. There's There's, there's got to be a gearbox. That there has is oil a gearbox, and there does have some oil in it. Um, you know, we have some electricity leaking on the ground, and you, you know, got a strap that falls off, and now yeah. it's electrified. I haven't heard that yet either. Something that grounds out to the body, so you grab the door handle. But I'm sure that's coming, because well, we've been the shocked. door handle's probably plastic. Yeah, well, but something's Thank metal God somewhere. Yeah, so it's something. aluminum. We have been shocked by cars by grabbing the handle because something else inside is kind of going on. So it'd be interesting to see. I remember. Maybe they thought of that. 
The worst time it. I ever got electrocuted on a car was on a Dodge van, an old one, mm-hmm. with a straight six that needed a distributor. Have you ever seen that? Straight six needed a distributor? Yep. Yep. A lot. Don't ever plug the distributor in and then try to stab it. Oh, yeah, because it's live. Yeah, because it's looking for ground, and guess what? You are ground. <laughs> and you can't get out of those easy. I've done the same thing where I've leaned over a car, and, uh, yeah, it, it, I had the key on for some reason. and I don't know why, but, uh, you know, because you do. And, uh, yes, it, it'll it'll stand you up straight. Depending Thank on... God for that, because that's the only thing that got me out of that thing. <laughs> I mean, it hit both elbows on something, and, yeah, it was not a good sight. No. Here's something I noticed with all the cars, you know, kind of getting pricey and, you know, trying to find the used cars are kind of getting pricier. And the I said good, good news at the moment, some of that's starting to come down a little bit, the used cars is. Um, but your your average loan is about 68 months right now, you know, five and a half, six, six years. Not in my book. Yeah. I don't need a loan that long. I mean, yeah. It's not a house. Yeah, 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 exactly. But that's kind of where it's at. So, um, you know, it's it's up. It's been up a little bit this year. And just interesting if you're going to buy a card, kind of depending on what it is. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where it's trending. You know, it's always probably going to trend up a little bit, but it's yeah. it's trending up more than it was before. So There's going to be more and more out there. I drove by a couple lots last weekend, and I was like, hmm. You actually got to get out of the car to go look at their inventory now. I have noticed that there was a uh, certain dealership I drove by that had a lot of trucks uh, about a month ago. They got them in, and um, they still got a lot of trucks. Really? They they weed through those fast. I thought so, too. Contractors looking to upgrade. I thought so, too, unless more came in and they just replaced them really quick. But it was just like uh, now the lot's uh, full out front, and I just – I just thought they'd be gone in two weeks because that's how it's always been. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, maybe the economy is tripping things differently, but they're getting back out there, starting to get back out there. Good news. Good news. Absolutely. Well, let's head over to, got a couple callers. Let's over to Chris with an 08 Honda Accord. Chris, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, so my 08 Accord has a couple hundred thousand miles on it, and about a year ago, I had come back from a trip where it was sitting for a couple of weeks, and I started it up, and it took several seconds to start it up. And then when I started moving, it just kind of didn't want to change gears and was running real weird, so I stopped it, started it back up, and then it ran fine. And so it kept doing this over and over throughout the weeks, and so I took it to a mechanic, and he said, it's that, that crank sensor. And so had that thing replaced. And it keeps doing it. Well, another guy said that it's probably going to keep doing that because the timing chain is stretched out. And I'm wondering if the timing chain, I'm no mechanic, but I'm wondering if that's something that I can tackle on my own. It's probably a couple thousand dollars, but I I think I can get the kit for about 400 bucks. Um, And I'm fairly handy with the car. Uh, I've done some minor things to it. I, I just want to know if you think that that it's too dangerous from a timing perspective for a, a layman to do something like that. Well, I've done a lot of those timing chains, and yeah. I'll tell you, I don't mind doing them. They're to me, they're very easy, mm-hmm. very easy. And I mean, but there is a fair amount of gray area there that can cause problems. And I mean, early on, yeah, I mean, I've. That's how I know that they can cause problems because I've done it. But I mean, as far as 
I mean, you got two camshafts, a crankshaft, two guys, right. and a tensioner. There's not a lot right. to it. Right. Um, and you're doing links. You're not really um, lining up marks, I don't believe. You've got a colored link that matches to a dot on your camshaft. And right. Camshaft. As far as getting it into time, that's all fairly easy. I will tell you, go by the torque specs for the guides and tensioner. Those bolts are fragile. They'll break, and then when they do that, it's a pain. But, I mean, the only other tough part about those, in the Accord, you kind of got some room. In the Civic, not a lot, but it's still tight. Getting that timing cover in and out. Out is no problem because you don't got to worry about anything, but that seal around there is all silicone. Mm -hmm. So you're going to – I always have a second pair of hands. One guy okay. up top and one guy on the bottom because you'll end up getting silicone everywhere. You don't want it on your on your chain. You don't want it in your tensioner. You don't want it anywhere it's not supposed to be other than that surface. And you want it to seal when you're done, so being a little careful there when you go back together is, uh, you know, you don't want to redo it again. What about the phaser, Kyle? Are you going to replace the phaser at the same time? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you get it in the kit, I mean, that's it's no different than replacing a cam gear. It yeah. only goes on one way. Tighten it down to the torque spec. Use a wrench on the camshaft, and you'll be fine. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward job. I'm sure there's a million videos on how to. Yeah, but... take, take your time. Take some pictures. Come on apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Take a lot of pictures. And mm -hmm. then when you get done, crank it over by hand. Yeah. And make sure nothing is actually hitting it at all free wheels because this is an interference engine. If it feels like something is, is blocking, you know, or stopping it, then you got to stop. Good, good you know, idea. You know, the great thing about this is is that if you mess it up, you can just bring it down to the station. We'll fix it for you. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, I've done a million of them. Yeah, kind of knows how to do them. Mess it up so bad, I've done head gaskets. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you but got yeah, a backup. There you go. I just have to say you got a backup. So. I think you're going to do yeah. great. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. All right, Chris, appreciate the call. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We're going to take a quick break. Be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show presents the cheesiest songs of the 80s. That's right. We're talking the worst, the cheesiest, those songs you love to hate just for mechanics. I'm all out of grease. I'm so dry without you. My pistons are dry and I really need lube. My dipstick is low. I think I need oil. You ruined my car down to ignition coil. Nothing like a little air wrench supply. Hey -o. And who could forget the ball joint boys? I'll lube ya, I'll rub ya. Ooh, I wanna prime you. Engine cooler, your fluids. Only if you knew it, but your car is so screwed. Nothing I can do. Your car is screwed. And your wallet is too. And this hit from Millie Vanilli, who are ironically working at an actual gas station today. Your tires are low and your oil's too. Girl, you really need more transmission fluid. Your ball joint's broken, your tranny is gone. Your catalytic converter out on the lawn. But here is your bill, I did all I could do from me to you. Girl, you know it's true. And even this craptastic hit, no one even remembers. My car is broken on the road. I need a tow. Good thing I brought a jack. I brought a jack. I brought a jack. I brought a jack. My car is broken on the road. I need 
The Mr. Mechanic Show presents the cheesiest songs of the 80s. Available in a store nowhere near you. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722. Shop Sid Dillon Chevrolet in Blair, Fremont, Wahoo, or Crete, or at SidDillonChevy.com. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, and we're just going to jump straight over into the calls. Uh, Bob's got a 98 Silverado. Bob, what's going on? Uh, the gas gauge. It uh, went belly up on me, or, or belly down, however you want to say it. It's, uh, go, it's way past full and just sits there. It doesn't work anymore. So okay. what's your thought? Well, typically it's going to be a fuel sending unit on that truck. On that truck. Oh, that's in the tank, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. That was just a very... I that about... There is an easy way to test that one, though. Ago. Yeah. Pardon? Kyle's got an easy way for you to test it. So... How's that? Google wiring diagram for the fuel pump on that. There'll be a million things that pop up. You got probably four wires back there. And then you're going to find your source wire for your fuel sender. Now, on that truck, you can reach up over the frame rail. You can unplug your fuel sending unit without taking the box off or anything. You can just get your hand in there, unplug it, pull it over to the side of the frame where you can work on it. Get yourself a voltmeter and see if you have voltage there. It might be... 12 volts, it might be 5. I'm guessing yeah. 12 volts on that. You should so see Coming tw- out of the tank or what? Well, no. On the harness. Just on that wiring harness. I believe it's a oh, purple okay. wire. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. But okay. make sure you got 12 volts back there. Then you can take, if you're using a test light, just make sure your light's really bright. Then leave that test yeah. light hooked up and ground it on the frame and see if your gauge moves. Yeah, I, uh, gonna, I, I got a... I got a voltmeter, so I can I can check the voltage. Sure, but, but unplug it. So now where where's that uh, located at? Right on top of the gas tank. Yeah. Right behind the oh. cab. They, oh, okay. They hardly had any problems with the the gauge and the dash, which is p- possible, but it's just not very probable. Yeah. And the majority well, it, of it them. It is an after. It is an aftermarket dash. Well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, now you threw that in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> so that is always a possibility. But so if you go back and do what, what Kyle's doing, you you can actually pull it apart, and it's going to go one way. You plug it in, it's going to go the other way. So if you're checking voltages yeah. that way, it's I think it's you unplug it, it goes full. Unplug it, it goes full. Mm-hmm. You ground it, it goes empty. Yep. And that tells you that your gauge voltage, inside is working properly. That narrows oh, okay. it. Yeah, that narrows it down to say it's your wiring is okay and your gauge is okay, your fuel pump's bad. If it's, me, if it's me, well, you know, if you're and, and you know, I keep I keep the tank full because I never know where it's at. Yeah. Well, the ethanol kind of eats that up. It just eats that sending unit up back in the day, and it was just a problematic thing. Once they, yeah. and yeah. it was a problematic thing all the way up to 06, and as soon as they went to 07, no trouble. Problems went away. Completely. Oh, I'll be darned. Completely went away. I've always said, I've always said, every time we got to change one of those fuel pumps in the tank, whoever designed that should have to come out and help you. Right. Right. It's all about reducing numbers. Now you got one number, and that's uh, fuel sending unit and, and uh, fuel pump and everything. So I would oh, caution by, yeah. before you, if you're going to change it, before you put everything back together, don't assume it's good. Check it all. Mm hmm. Maybe yeah. even run that tank down a little bit so that you got half a tank in the in the in the in the car, so that when yeah. you put it together, you can say, okay, 
I, I can physically see there's half a tank of fuel in there. I should be able to turn this on. And it's going to read half a tank of fuel. Right. If it right. doesn't, at least you have it apart because we have put parts in before that haven't worked right. So, oh, yeah, yeah we've gotten them bad out of the box and anything yeah, in between. Yeah, don't, don't, don't buy the cheapest part is kind of what I'm saying. And make sure right. it comes well, to the same. You mean don't, don't buy the one from China? Yeah, Delco, well, Delphi. So you're not fixing it? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? You're not going to fix it? That's true. <laughs> well, I hate to say it, but now there's there's some. Uh, if you go back to General Motors, the chances you're going to put one oh, in. Oh, yeah. You're not going to have a problem yeah, with it. It's one and done. So maybe that's yeah. the way you go. Well, thanks, guys. You bet. You Appreciate it. the call. Yeah, we've been through that more than once, haven't we? I couldn't tell you how many fuel pumps and senders I put in those old Chevy trucks. And how many times have you done it twice because the first part didn't work? Oh, a bunch. A bunch. It's no fun, and it's it's not fair. Always take the box off. Don't ever try to get that tank down. Take yeah. the box off. It's easier. It is. And it, you might have to, you know, buy a case of beer and a couple of guys to come over and lift it up and back a little bit, but it, it is way, way easier. Yeah, I mean, for what you're going to save in that, I mean— Two Bud Lights and a slice of pizza will get you a long way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to head over to Frank. Frank's got a 2010 Honda Accord. Frank, what's going on with the Honda? Um, a couple years ago, I had to have a front wheel bearing replaced, and it sounded like a a motorcycle was running alongside me. Yeah. And All right, now, now I've got something that's kind of like a deep – not grown a deep were could that be a rear wheel bearing or do front wheel bearings sound like that sometimes too oh they can make any kind of noise right right just depends on what portion of it goes bad and how the, it happens uh, the front wheel bearings are easier to tell you th that they're noisy because you're in f you're behind the noise okay and yeah when, i know I, yeah no i know i've got yeah. I, i've got one i've got one bad ear so yeah so when the noise is behind you then it's yeah. much harder to tell until it gets really bad and then it's obvious yeah so uh, what you I have watched something on i watched something on uh youtube and they said jack it up and if the rear wheels if you put your fingers in the in the tread at six and twelve and try wiggling it and it and it moves, the wheel bearing's probably bad. Well, I Is agree that with true? that, but they may not be loose and make a noise. Yep. I would probably say 20% of the time they're loose and bad. Majority of the time they're tight and making a bunch of noise. Get going down, oh. the, get going down the highway and kind of just ease the wheel left to right. See if that changes anything. Yes. See if that makes it more audible for you to hear. Right. Because I know with me, I mean, sometimes I got to get up to speed and I got to get somewhere where I have a fair amount of time to do this a couple of times. I mean, don't get pulled over by any means, but just, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah, turn the wheel slightly and you'll hear that noise change left to right. And then sometimes you can also make out more on the highway if it's front or rear. Mm -hmm. Take somebody with you. Right. Take somebody well, with you and, and go back and forth and put them in the back seat and say, "Hey, do you hear it?" You can always jack the car up and get, get you know get somebody underneath there and just have them spin the wheel while you're while you're listening um, and see which one might be bad. It, if it's getting bad enough, it'd be fairly audible. If it's just starting to go bad, it, it might that be kind of tough. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been, over the last week. It's been getting louder and louder. Okay. So well, good. All right. Uh, Good. I'll try it. Good, good in the aspect that it's uh, the more noise it makes, uh, the, the easier, easier it is, is to find. And you know, the, 
the more the car breaks, the easier the problem is. It's it's hard to fix a car that's an intermittent. It just is a pain. I, one right. one yeah. other thing one other thing that I'll tell you too when you're trying to diagnose this, if you're trying to put maybe something up to your ear like a stick, we have what looks like a, a stethoscope. It looks like a doctor's stethoscope, except for instead of having a round piece at the end, it just has a stick out the end of it. Yeah. You always go and put the the the, the probe on the very end thing that is around the spindle, like on a caliper or like on a tie rod end or something like that, because as the, as the the noise travels out, it'll be very much more audible for you to hear. But if you put it right on the bearing, it sometimes isn't as easy to hear. So, oh, just a, right. just a quick tip we learned many years ago, and and it really brings that noise out. Doesn't matter where you're at, front, rear, or what have you. Yeah, pick up a stethoscope. Yeah, no. You can get them real cheap at the parts store. Oh yeah, I think I just seen one the other day at the parts store flyer. They were ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. You can use what? it. Oh, those. <laughs> All those right. Stethoscope. You can use it for anything. Wash machines. I've used it. You know, Find cars. Mice in the wall. Yeah. Find- <laughs> 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 I haven't done that, Kyle. Kyle's found mice in the wall at his house. So yeah, that's how we knew it's time to get a cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Try that. All right, yeah. I, I took my wife out on the highway uh, last night, and at one point she says, well, it sounds like it's in front of you. And then on the way home, she says, well, it sounds like it's behind you. And so I'm yeah. going, okay, that's not real helpful. Yeah. But um, but she was sitting up front, so maybe I'll try it well, with she, her sitting in Well, she has confirmed the noise is there. That's the first battle. Oh, yeah. Now you just got to narrow oh, yeah. it down. So she was helpful. All right. All right, Frank. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, the noises are just crazy. But yeah. I have found out if you just take that probe and put it out towards the edge, like on a tie rod end or something like that, and then you spin the wheel, that noise vibrates more, and it just follows out, and it's easier to tell where it is, and you put it on the bearing. It's sometimes not as easy. So, All right, 558-1110 the numbers to get in. Give us a call. We'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Visit us online at BuchananService.com. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. And, you know, we were talking a little bit off the air, Kyle, about wheel bearings that the last caller had. And, uh... You grab a hold of your wheel bearing and it moves around. Um, You've had a noise for a little longer than a week. Yes, a longer than a week. And if it moves around a lot, then uh, that, that you got to turn your radio down. Yeah. You have got to turn your radio down every once in a while just to see what new noises the car is making versus uh, what it was um, a month ago when the yeah, radio if was up. If your wheel bearings are causing abnormal tire wear, you've, you've had a problem for a while. You're a veteran at this point. I've had them roll in off of the interstate. The last one, I think the one I had the worst, rolled in off the interstate, came to a stop, pulled in, hey, can you check my noise, and then the car would move. Yeah, locked it up. We had to pick it up with the tow truck and put it inside the shop in order to fix it. And it absolutely went to the very last spot it could actually go before it was going to fall off. Yeah, and then multiple pieces become one piece. And They just came from Grand Island, too. <laughs> can you imagine? Well, that was the best... <laughs> possible ending to that scenario it was you made it to the repair shop it was it was they could have somehow gone on and uh that's one of those cards you see upside down the ditch because the wheel came off we so. really need a sign on the interstate there at dodge street exit uh, last chance for repair you there know. you go check your wheel <laughs> <laughs> just from here 
Yeah, there's about a hundred miles of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Any any direction. All right, we're gonna head over to Greg. Greg's got a 2011 Jeep Patriot. Greg, what's going on? Yes, I uh, bought this Jeep Patriot uh, when I bought it. They told me uh, that the uh, AC compressor wasn't working, and so when I got it home, I uh, actually turned it on, and it made a lot of noise. So either the clutch or the internal parts of the compressor were, were bad. So I went ahead and got a new compressor, a new condenser, uh, new uh, uh, basically everything new, and installed it. And I was not able to get the get the freon. Uh, the compressor to pump the freon and so i ended up uh i took the lead off the compressor and i i have a system where i can run 12 volts to the compressor and it did take it then it did charge it charge the system up but when i turn it when i plug it back in and go inside the car and actually push the ac uh switch to turn it on from inside it uh it won't uh it won't work won't as far up. as the compressor. Okay. Does your button yeah. light up? The what now? The AC button, when you push that, does it light up? Yes. Yes, okay. it does. Jeep did something back around that time that I became familiar with from, if, well, it all started with a headache. <laughs> and yeah. a, a headache That's what this a, is. <laughs> yeah. A headache, a cup of coffee, and a wiring diagram is how this day started. Yeah. And so... They'll set a code in the HVAC module, and that compressor will not come on until that code is cleared. And that code could have set when you change your compressor and you unplugged it. Yep. Compressor circuit high. And until that code is cleared, it will not come on. That could be the easiest scenario. It, it still thinks it's broke. Yeah. Not only that, but yeah. if you've got, a, you've got a turn signal bulb or brake light bulb out and you change the bulb and it don't work after you're done. You could have to clear a code. Yeah. It, it can send you. Really? Yeah, oh, really? yeah. It send you straight into left field. So but before you go any further, that's the, that's the first thing you want to do. And if you don't have a code that, and not all codes will get cleared like the PO codes, you might have to take the, maybe, the, unless you have a scanner that, that good or it can take it somewhere, you might have to take both cables off and hold them together for maybe five minutes, let everything power down. And sometimes that may not even be enough. Right, right. Sometimes you have to just have that code cleared. But that's that's probably the most common thing and probably the yeah. most likely thing that's going on. I mean, you could have a relay, don't get me wrong, but normally your light will flash or something if there's a relay issue because it just cannot process the circuit. On a Chrysler but, product, it likes to flash for you. Yeah, but... Um, I. I did find a relay. It was up in front of the driver's side inside the wheel well. Sure. They're down below. And I took that cover off, and the relay, I thought I found it. The relay, I pulled it out, and actually it was all, one of the terminals was completely green, corroded, and it actually broke off, and I had a heck of a time getting, getting the peg out of there. I was able to get it out, put a new one in, but it didn't. It, it, it didn't. Okay, so with that help. fuse block down there, I know exactly what you're talking about because they actually did have a recall. It's not covered anymore, but they did have a recall on those. So at the bottom of that fuse block, turn on your AC, have your car running. At your AC relay, make sure that you have two powers, a ground, and then you'll have a power going out. So, I mean, it's a four-terminal relay. Make sure that you have your two powers there because in that fuse block or that relay panel, I'm sorry, they kind of grab power from each other, and it's kind of all mm -hmm. wired in series in there. So just because you fix that one terminal, there could be one other one in there, and you can easily pull the bottom of that thing off and see mm -hmm. the bottom of all those relays 
it was a poor design to begin with, to say the least. But I've gone through. I did. I did pull. I did pull all of that apart on the bottom and looked, and there there was no corrosion. It okay. looked very oh, clean, good. actually. Good. So um, yeah, make sure you got your two powers and your ground coming from your PCM. And I mean, other than that, just get in there, clear okay. the code. You should be fine. Yeah, I bet you are. So you, th- so yes. So you think maybe I should try to reset that uh, the, uh, and and see if uh, see if that will take care of it. Maybe. Absolutely. That's yeah, the first. Sure. That's the first place we're going. Why yeah. not? It's easy. Yeah, it's easy. It it you know it was. We struggled a little I bit with a, that until we figured out that uh, they, they threw that wrinkle in there. And most cars aren't that way. That's kind of Jeeps. That's a Jeep Chrysler product kind of thing there for a few uh, years. Reminding us that they're thinking about us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've got a I've got a code scanner. Will it uh, will it erase it then if I go ahead and erase the codes in there or if not? Or your, if your code scanner supports hvac yeah it's it, going to set in the hvac module it's not going what, to what, what is it what is that called again h hvac HVAC. it's for the heating and air conditioning but so not all scanners are the same most of them will kind of get p codes and po codes and then you have u codes <laughs> c codes b codes double o codes i mean you got it all yeah you got all so and a lot of times those scanners aren't available uh, doesn't have all that information in there to go clear all of the body control modules and everything out that might be something that you have to you know have your have a garage do in order to to know for sure it's out now you said something about disconnecting the battery cables though might do it also you can disconnect the positive and negative battery cable. You hold them together so that they touch each other. What you're doing is powering down all the modules inside the car, um, erasing everything and putting it back to zero. And then you can put them back together, um, and that can solve your problem. It's like unplugging your cable okay. modem. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just like resetting your cable yeah. modem. Yeah, but okay. it doesn't always work that way. So you have to, okay. you know. Don't give up if okay. that didn't, it, don't give up if that didn't fix it. You might have to take it somewhere and, and have it done. Scanner we got goes okay. through, it goes through twenty different, thirty different modules, checks them all, and that's how we know kind of what's going on inside a car. Okay. So okay. Try that. If you Sounds got problems, good. give us a call. We'll help you through next week. Thanks. You bet. All right. You bet. Thanks for the call, Greg. It, uh, they were confusing, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> All right, 558-1110, some numbers to get in. Got a couple open lines for you, and we'll be back in a minute. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Professionally fixed right and fixed on time. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110, numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers at 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, Guaranteed brakes, 49th Avenue in Dodge, where we do brakes and suspension right the first time. We do a lot of brakes. A lot of brakes, a lot of... Brakes break. Break, and they do. They go to the floor, yeah. thank, you know, uh, thank goodness to the the hardworking city that can put down the brine that rusts the lines that helps us make money. It all <laughs> makes the cash register ring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's probably, it's cheaper for them, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'm along for the ride at this point. Yeah. Till five. Till five. Till five. Yep. Then we got to go home and start all again in the morning. You know, I'd seen an article, not so much on uh, the, this this morning on the, on the news a little bit. Um, and I've also read up on it just a little bit. A lot of the EVs, they've got 
the electric vehicles that are coming out, um, there's supposed to be some legislation proposed here soon about any kind of rebate that might be for an for an EV vehicle. Like a Menards mail-in rebate? Kind of like that, but it's, it's uh, boy, if you're out buying one, you, you certainly need to see what that's all about. Uh, because it was at one point seventy five hundred per vehicle, and then we're going to add four more thousand to it, which you know turns it into twelve, twelve five, and it's but that's not necessarily there anymore. There, the laws are going to come out that it's only going to get a rebate if it's made in North America. Yeah. Okay, well I'm up for that. Sure. Um, if it's over top of if it's too expensive, seventy thousand dollars and higher, which they all are. 90% of them are. Yeah, I mean, they only start a base of 50, and then by the time you add uh, wheels and tires and paint. <laughs> Who are you getting a $50,000 EV from, Duracell? <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. By the time you want windows in it and paint and everything else, it's going to come to $60,000, $70,000, and uh, you're out for any kind of rebates. So mm-hmm. right now, the, the article I read, there's only two that, are maybe in it, and those are proposed at the moment. Okay. So if you're banking on, hey, I'm going to buy this big vehicle and go go this way, and I'm going to get myself a, a big rebate check from the government because of it, it's just one of those things that you got to look into a little bit. Maybe that factors into your decision. Maybe it don't. I would. I think it probably factors into most people's decisions because if you're going to get a big investment, too. you're going to get seventy five hundred dollars off on a car. Oh my gosh, that, that makes your decision easier. Much easier. Uh, and there's yeah, a lot I of mean, people that just say, hey, I want that car and don't really care. So, but it's just kind of interesting that uh, how how that's going to work and if it's going to work and just kind of where it's going. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It always does. Everything kind of moves forward a little bit. You know, we, we kind of gone over this, but this is another interesting article that I noticed that uh, we hadn't done in quite a while. But, you know, Volvo introduced a three-point seatbelt back in 1959. Okay. And they didn't patent it. They just kind of let everybody have it. Just kind of, here's the technology. You take it. You let it run. Uh, Volvo figured it was going to well, save. There's a $4 billion industry that you easily, the bus on. Easily. You know, good for Volvo. You know, they they just said this is going to save more lives. It was more valuable. And uh, they were more Companies interested. Companies didn't even use it till the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They were more interested in saving lives um, than than it was something for them to profit from. So, again, you know, there, there's – and maybe that may go on more than what you think, but anymore, as soon as you have – Well, I mean, you and I know about the safety features of the old cars in the 50s, even the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seatbelts well, were an option. They were an option. And they were an expensive option. I mean, if you got a car for 1500 bucks brand new, I mean, to put $25 worth of seatbelts in it, well, maybe we don't. Yeah, well, cars were twenty two thousand bucks. They were twenty five hundred bucks, and that was a lot of money. I mean, the original car seat for children patent was essentially a grocery basket that hung on the back of the car seat, <laughs> and that was it. And somehow we survived. Yeah, I don't remember wearing a lot of seat belts back in the day. I've they, I can they were remember doing... riding in the back window. Yeah, and if you had a friend who had, his parents had a station wagon, I mean. That was a play yard back there. Yeah. You folded those seats down. There was no yeah. seat involved. Yeah. We always wanted to ride in the bed of the truck, didn't we? And a window rolled down in the back of that station we, wagon, and you were cool. We don't want to sit up front with you. We want to get in the back. Yeah. And we'll see if we can fly out when you turn the corner. I think it was just 
to write a passage. I'd, I know I fell yeah. off the back of the truck one time, and I'm sure you did too. <laughs> Most people did. Yeah. You're sitting on a tailgate and somebody takes off too quick? Well, you're a victim of that. Yeah. Should have well, held on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're holding on. This wouldn't happen. You knew I was turning. Don't your... bleed on the carpet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, anymore now, when they come out with the new technology, they most almost immediately uh, patent this. Just, I mean, it comes out one minute, and they patent it the next second, so nobody else gets out of it, uh, oh, yeah. gets a hold of it. So they got a profit stream, and that's just part of the way business works. But for them to just say, "Hey, do this," and that was back when Volvo was kind of an innovator, and they still are an innovator um, in oh, safety. Yeah. They they certainly were, and they still are. Um, oh, they're a very well produced. Deuced vehicle. I mean, you take the door panel off of a Volvo. I mean, it looks like NASCAR put it together. In yeah, there. yeah. It's very, a roll bar. I mean, very good guys. This, so good for them. I just thought it was a great article and good for them. So, all right, boy, that's an hour went fast as it always does, Kyle. Yeah. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early so that we can get your call and get to your problem and, and help you out. So we want to help you out. So. I'm Bob. Kyle. We will see you next week. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.